At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we inch closer and closer to kickoff of Championship Sunday in the NFL. Spent some time breaking down the AFC title game. Let's get into the NFC title game here and talk about the 49ers and the Rams. It is the third matchup between these two teams this season. And the overwhelming sense that I'm getting from people that talking about this game is that, well, 49ers won this game twice in the regular season. And some people think, hey, everyone's on the 49ers. 49ers won this game twice in the regular season, especially just, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yet, why are the Rams still minus three and a half? Little fishy line there. You see, I say that you don't completely throw it away. Toss the first two games to the side and just look at both of these teams right now. The 49ers played well in that final game of the regular season to come back against the Rams and get themselves into the playoffs. But let's also just accept that it took a come-from-behind overtime victory to get into the playoffs, that this was not a team over the course of an 18-game schedule, or should I say a 17 games, that was not good enough, or 16, you know, before the 17th, was not good enough to be in the playoffs. They were not in until the final week of the regular season. Right then and there. That should just stop and tell you everything you need to know about this team compared to the other team that they're playing against. So I don't want to hear about what a better team one team is. Don't tell me the 49ers are a better team than the Rams. They're not. Okay, now we talk about the performances during the regular season. First game, they owned them. It was also the first game that Robert Woods was out Odell Beckham Jr. was in, and Rams looked kind of lost. 49ers ran all over him, too. 
then the last game of the regular season, Rams blew a 17-0 lead. 49ers double-dipped, scoring at the end of the half, scoring at the beginning of the second half. And Matt Stafford threw an interception in the second half and an interception in overtime. Look at how these teams have played, though, the past two weeks in the postseason. So the 49ers have a gutsy, come-from-behind victory in overtime to make it into the playoffs. Congratulations. You fought your way in. You got in. Then they play against the Dallas Cowboys, and they don't look that good. Yeah, there was that opening drive, which was the best that they looked all game, where they went right down the field, ran the ball well, and marched right into the end zone. But that was it. For the rest of the game, it was, you know, for the rest of the first half at least, it was settling for field goals. And it was a 16-7 game. Then there was the interception at the 19-yard line, which led to a one-play touchdown for the 49ers. Talk about how great the 49ers defense was. Talk about how bad Dak Prescott was. But that interception led to their only touchdown of that game besides the opening drive touchdown. And we all know the opening drives are scripted and they won the toss, elected to receive, and they look great. Maybe caught the Cowboys a little overhyped. I don't know. They had so much success in that first drive. But that was it. So with the exception of that opening drive, the only other touchdown that the 49ers have scored this entire postseason, we're talking two games now, because in the game against the Packers last week, they didn't score a touchdown offensively. They had a punt block returned for a touchdown. So besides that opening drive against the Dallas Cowboys, in which they went seven plays, 75 yards. And let me read you those seven plays. Penalty on Dallas before the even game starts. I mean, this is just the type of game it was going to be. We should have known from the first play of the game, the first snap, this is the type of game it was going to be. Okay. Debo Samuel, nine-yard run. Debo Samuel, one-yard run. Jimmy G passed for 17 yards. Jimmy G passed for 11 yards. Elijah Mitchell run for 13. Jimmy G to Debo for 15. And Elijah Mitchell running it in for the touchdown. That is the entire offense for the 49ers, the entire playoffs. Because the rest of the the rest of their playoff ten entire existence here has been field goals, 
And the only other touchdown they scored was after Dak Prescott threw an interception on his own 19-yard line. And then Debo Samuel ran the first play in for a touchdown. That's it. This is a 49er offense that in, let's count the drives, shall we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven drives against the Cowboys. Now let's keep counting. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. 20, 20 possessions, two touchdowns. One of those touchdowns, a one-play possession after an interception, Debo Samuel, 26-yard touchdown run. So do we even count that? I mean, I guess we have to count it, but it it wasn't like a, a drive is what I'm saying. It wasn't a sustained drive. But if we're just saying chance to possess the football, like the overtime rule, right? Chance to possess the football. 20 possessions on offense. Two touchdowns. This is a team that's going to the Super Bowl that has scored two touchdowns in 20 possessions. That's a team that's going to the Super Bowl. The Rams last week against the Bucks looked Really good. Matthew Stafford looked really good. They turned the football over four times on fumbles. That is the only reason why the Bucs were even sniffing that game. The Rams had a 20-3 lead. And we're going in to score again before Cam Akers fumbled at the six-yard line. That could have been a 27-3 first half or, at worst, 23-3 first half. Then there was the Cooper Cup fumble, followed by... Uh, another Cam Akers fumble and the Allen fumble. There's This game could have been, if we're talking about just in, in turning those fumble possessions into at minimum field goals, we're talking about a, what, 42-27 game? But it wouldn't even have been 27 because the Buccaneers don't get that that last touchdown if Cam Akers doesn't fumble. So this could have been a 39-20 game. Like this was a this game was the Rams just that was this was their game. And then in, in the game against the Cardinals, I mean, this was a dominating performance. They had 375 yards of offense. The Cardinals only had 183. Kyler Murray was shook. This is a Rams team that 
is peaking at the right time. A quarterback in Matthew Stafford who has played two games against arguably the best competition, right? At one point this season, the Cardinals were the best team in the NFL. The Bucs, the Super Bowl champs, hasn't turned the football over against the 49ers team that has scored two touchdowns in 20 offensive possessions in this playoffs. And I'm supposed to look back at week 10 of the regular season, and that's the reason why I'm picking the 49ers to win this game? No, thank you. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I wanted to take this time to go over some of the prop offerings for Championship Sunday. Uh, some of them I've already talked about and some of them uh, are ones that you know I just thought about recently and have decided to jump in on. But the one that I really, really love and the number has actually gone down, which is good, Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. Mahomes, it was 29 and a half. It's actually at 28 and a half, which is great. But I love Patrick Mahomes to go over 28 and a half yards. This is what he has done in the playoffs. And we've seen it this year, right? What he has done with his... uh, with his legs, but in his career, like this year, this year he had, what, seven carries for 69 yards against the Bills and then 29 yards on just three carries against Pittsburgh. That's fine. Against Tampa in the Super Bowl, 33 rushing yards last year. Against San Francisco, 
in the Super Bowl the year before, 29 yards. 53 against Tennessee, 53 against Houston. Like, these are his rushing stats in his career in the playoffs. So, his first year, 8 yards, 11 yards. Yeah. 53 yards, 53 yards, 29 yards, 14 yards, 5, 33, 29, 69. That is uh, 52 carries total for 304 yards of 5.85 yards per attempt in the playoffs. The way that Buffalo defended the Kansas City Chiefs for the large part of that game, I think is how... Cincinnati will defend the Kansas City Chiefs. And even going back to, you know, you people want to talk about the, the last game that the, uh, the the Bengals played against the Chiefs. Mahomes had, what do you have, 20-somewhat rushing yards in that game? He had, where is he? Mahomes had 25 rushing yards in that game. Okay. They're going to drop back in coverage and try and double-team the biggest weapons on the Chiefs, which is what you have to do. You have to help out on Kelsey. You have to help out on Hill. Well, if you're dedicating extra defenders to those guys, or maybe the other way to play it is to send extra rushers to pressure Patrick Mahomes, which they can do. But if they do, they're leaving single coverage on the outside, which this is the stre- this is the game plan. This is the game theory. This is everything that, defensive coordinators have to go through on a daily basis trying to figure out how they're going to play this. But when it comes to the Chiefs, you have those options. If you drop back in coverage, Mahomes is athletic enough that he can take advantage of all this free space that exists behind the defensive line. And I really think that we saw it against the Bills and we're going to see it here against the the Bengals is that if they drop back into coverage, he's going to take off because the clock speeds up in the postseason. And you're going to see Mahomes put matters into his own hands or his own legs, if you will, and try and take advantage of what the defense is giving him. And if he can get chunks at a time, which I think he will, he's going to eclipse 29 yards. I'm not saying he's rushing for 100. He's not Josh Allen. He's, you know... But he'll have 30-something, 40-something rushing yards. He'll go over that 28-and-a-half. I love that number. Uh, The other props that I was looking at for this game. I think that we will get a good receiving effort out of Joe Mixon, which we did in the prior game that the Bengals played. His number has now increased to 27 and a half. And we've seen from Joe Mixon, he has been more active in the receiving game for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Last week, his receiving total was, it might have been 21 and a half. And against the Titans, it just took one catch and he got there at a 22-yard reception. But over the past several games, he had seven catches for 51 yards, five catches for 28 yards, eight catches, or excuse me, six for 51, four for 28, seven for 40, six for 70. This is really now, and the seven for 40 was against the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're talking now heavily involved over the last four games in the passing game. His number is at 27 and a half. I think it's safe to pencil in Joe Mixon for 30 somewhat receiving yards because he is the safety valve, the check down option for Joe Burrow. And as bad as that offensive line is, and that offensive line got sacked nine that got Joe Burrow sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans. When that pass rush gets to Joe Burrow and he doesn't have time to allow his receivers to run their routes down the field in order to avoid the sack because his clock is picking up and unlike Patrick Mahomes who's going to run when that happens, Joe Burrow is going to get rid of the football when that happens. And to his credit, He's done a good job of it. And by getting rid of the football quickly, because you can't allow, he doesn't have time for his receivers to get open down the field. What he does have time for is just that safety valve dump off to Joe Mixon. He gets the snap, drops back. Here comes the pass rush, dinks it over to Joe Mixon. And that's why you've seen Mixon have a huge impact in the receiving game over the last four weeks. Six catches for 70 yards, seven catches for 40 yards, four catches for 28 yards, and six catches for 51 yards last week. And by the way, he doesn't get the passes down the field. This is all on mixing to get the football and make something happen after the catch. Last week, it was a 21-yard run off a screen pass. The week before that, same thing, a 21-yard run off of a dump-off. The week before that, a 15-yard reception. And the week before that, a 52-yard screen pass. Takes the screen, follows his blockers, 52 yards down the sideline. This is how he contributes to the game and how the game script plays into what I think is going to happen with this prop. So I like Mahomes over rushing. I like mixing over receiving. And the other receiving total that I really like with this Cincinnati Bengals team, because it's kind of hard going with the Chiefs props because they're so high. The receiving totals for uh, Travis Kelsey, 76 and a half. For Tyreek Hill, 77 and a half. You know, Tyreek Hill reception, six and a half. Kelsey, six and a half. These are big numbers. Could they get them? Absolutely, they can get them. I'm just saying they're big numbers. Here's what's not a big number. 
and that is C.J. Uzama over three and a half catches. The tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, his game logs over the past several weeks, seven catches on eight targets, six catches on six targets, four catches on six targets, five catches on seven targets. Three and a half, C.J. Uzama will get at least four catches in this game. We'll talk about the props for the NFC Championship game coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Actually, coming up next, we're joined by handicapper David Baker, who will help us break down Championship Sunday. Can't wait to talk to Baker about what he thinks is going to go down in these games. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hunt down a win with the Football Showdown Series presented by Amazon Prime Video's Reacher. Play free fantasy football during the playoffs and fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Reacher now to get in on the action. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joined now by 2020 Super Contest winner, David Baker, who is no stranger to us here on VSIN, joining us here on The Look Ahead. And David, when it comes to these championship games on Sunday, uh, there there's a lot to live up to when you compare it to the football that we just saw this past weekend. Yeah, last week was... As a football fan, one of the most amazing, uh, just uh, just for the pure love of the game. Gambling-wise, uh, a lot of coin flips, so you had to be on the right side of those. I don't think you could necessarily, outside of the Rams, I think the Rams pretty much were just clearly the best side. Um, I think any one of those three, other three games could have gone either way. I mean, it was really just kind of, Coin flip, actually, in the Kansas City Buffalo. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they were both, they were all kind of coin flippy. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can get some uh, great games again this week. And, um, yeah, hopefully maybe even have a blowout uh, my way would be nice. Uh, those are the <laughs> easiest ones to sweat. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs first. Coming off that incredible win against the Bills. Uh, this is a rematch of a game that we saw a couple of weeks ago where the Bengals were able to win. That one was in Cincinnati. And, of course, the Chiefs are here hosting the AFC Championship game for a fourth straight year. Uh, The seven points, does that scare you a little bit? Is that too high for a conference championship game? Or are the Chiefs just that too dominant of an offensive football team? What's been your read on this game looking at this number? Well, I think it's a fair number. I mean, obviously, they need to get action on on both sides, and you're really not going to entice the average better to put money on the Bengals less than a touchdown. So I think this number is fair. I mean, the the Chiefs have been the dominant team in the NFL over the last, you know, three, four years. So uh, I think they're definitely deserving of it. I personally think the Bengals have a puncher's chance in this game. Uh, I like the fact that they're very aggressive. They throw the ball a lot. I was actually just rewatching that game. Um, before I got on this call, and that's a team that that you know you think they're too young and and they don't know if they belong here, but they don't play that way. And I like the fact that they just played a few weeks ago 
not from a X's and O's standpoint, but just more from a swagger standpoint. Mm. If you're if you're a young team going into Kansas City for the AFC Championship game, I, I could see how it could easily be intimidating. But this team, you know, they went toe to toe with them and they came out a victor. So I think that that may help the the confidence. And your biggest concern when you go into a game like this and you're the young team versus the the veteran team that's been there is do they get blown out of the stadium early? Um, we saw it last year. The Bills got down early, they, and they kind of battled back, but but they were down early, and it was tough to overcome. This year, they came in, and they, they, they went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, and obviously, they were on the wrong side of that coin flip, but I think the Bengals might be able to get have a puncher's chance uh, versus this Chiefs team, so... I kind of like the value. Um, I feel like Kansas City, you can find the Bengals at seven and a half in some spots. And if you're patient, I think I don't think this game ever gets to six and a half. So I think if you're a Bengals supporter like I am, I think the best bet is just to wait. And there's a reasonable chance that game gets up to seven and a half, in my opinion, come game time. And I'm going to ride the puncher's chance. The other thing that I like is Zach Taylor's pretty aggressive and I think he knows that that you're not going to win this game by punting on fourth and short, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. taking field goals on fourth and short. So on one side, it, it could lead itself to, you know, if they don't convert the Chiefs, you know, uh, being able to cover this number. But I think they they can convert. They have an offense that that should be able to move the ball. And when you have a coach that's this aggressive, then, you know, it lends itself to to some good outcomes and also adding a little variance into it. And if I have the underdog, I kind of want to have the variance. I think three to, you know, you can get almost three to one on them straight up. I, you know, I wouldn't mind putting a few bucks on that as well. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to call the outright victory, but I think they have a really reasonable chance to win this game. And if you're getting almost three to one, I, I kind of like my spot here. When it comes to that aggressiveness, does that give you a play on the total, a lean maybe towards the over? Because you know the, the mentality is going to be you can't kick field goals. So they're going to be extra aggressive here on close short down, short fourth downs, knowing that they need to get a touchdown every time they have the football in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the conventional wisdom is the over in this game, and I'm probably going to lean that way. I'm probably not going to have a play. One thing that is uh, the case with the Chiefs is they're very efficient on offense, meaning the ball doesn't really hit the ground a lot. Uh, they run a lot of those quick patterns, and you know, it's for a game to go over, you really, you really kind of need the ball to hit the ground a lot and stop the clock, get more plays off. If the if the clock's moving a lot. Sometimes you just need you just need you know one turnover in the red zone, one failed fourth down attempt, and and it really puts the game, you know, in limbo from a total standpoint. So I'm probably going to stay off of it. It's pretty high, but um, I do kind of I do like do lean towards a lot of the Bengals props over just from a standpoint. I think they're going to move the ball, and I think they're going to be aggressive passing. So I think you can find you know your favorite plays. Um, you know, to, to put a few over props in rather than just the total itself. Yeah, like some of those, like maybe uh, Uzama uh, reception yardage, uh, Joe Mixon receiving yards is something that I've been talking about uh, earlier. Let's get into the NFC Championship game. It's round three between the 49ers and the Rams. How much stock do you put into the prior performances between these two teams versus just how both of them have looked so far in this postseason? Yeah, I've struggled a lot with this game. I've gone back and forth because it's hard to ignore the fact that the Niners 
have beaten them six straight times. I'm going to not give it as much weight. As the more I think about it, the more I just think the Rams might be clicking at this point in the season. Uh, I do look at the fact that they just played a few weeks ago. The Rams held a nice 17 to nothing lead in the first half. I, they also had a nice 24 to three lead against the Buccaneers. Both those games, they allowed their opponents to come back by taking their foot off the gas. I think, I hope that McVay learned from this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he keeps his foot on the gas. I mean, San Francisco did come back last time they played, but this is not a team that's built to come back. So I think there are multiple ways to win if you're the Rams, just from a standpoint, if they get out early, the San Francisco is going to have a tough time coming back. Granted, they did do it a few weeks ago, but I don't think that's their best path to victory. And if the Niners do get out in front, it's hard to see them boat racing this team. And and the Rams always have the deep threats. They have the quality receivers. Um, they really have leaned on Cam Akers. Despite a couple of fluky fumbles, Cam really does look pretty good coming, um, you know, out of the backfield. So I, I can really see the Rams moving the ball on this team. And, and I don't think the Niners can go blow for blow with them. So I'm, I'm leaning towards the Rams, but it definitely is cause for concern that the Niners and Shanahan has basically held over McVay their entire careers together. So you definitely can't just dismiss it. Mm-hmm. I think this line would be, I think this line would be closer to four and a half or five if it didn't have the history behind it. I, I think I the only thing keeping this line is the history. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try, I'm going to look to buck the trend here and, and say that the Rams finally get it done uh, in their own building. I know that they don't have much of a no. home field advantage, but <laughs> Listen, it, is, it I, is still, I am on the Rams, David. And I, I just, this 49er team is lucky to be where they are right now. Okay. It took that come from behind overtime victory to even get into the playoffs And through two games in this postseason, they have had 20 offensive possessions and have only scored two touchdowns. One of those touchdowns came on one play after Dak Prescott threw an interception at his own 19-yard line. So with the exception of the opening drive against the Dallas Cowboys, this offense has done nothing. And against this Rams team, which is clicking right now, like you said, this is going to be tough sledding for them. So I'm all over the Rams in this one. Right. And, and you don't have the weather advantage that the Niners did have against Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was a shell of himself. And yeah. The Packers offense wasn't that great, but you don't have that. You're not going to have those weather concerns here. Also, the defense has controlled Kyler, did control Kyler Murray and Tom Brady, two quarterbacks that, pretty high up in the rankings as far as uh, quarterbacks that scare you on a weekly basis. So um, I don't think Jimmy G falls into that category at all. So I, I think the Rams talent wins out, but I'm not going to be shocked if, if the old trend continues mm-hmm. and Shanahan finds a way to pull this, the rabbit out of the hat one more time. That would be amazing. Uh, unbelievable. David, I appreciate the conversation and the insight. Enjoy the games this Sunday and hopefully it lives up to the same excitement that we had last weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Scott. Good luck this week. There he is, David Baker, 2020 Super Contest winner and uh, multiple bracelet holder, WSOP style. Uh, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's a look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure that VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And when it comes to these championship games, I have this feeling that the it's going to be a public weekend. You know, like, and what I mean by that is typically the public's on the favorites and the sharp money comes in on the dogs. I mean, we just heard David Baker, who's, you know, one of the sharpest guys out there, and and he talked about how he thinks the Bengals have a puncher's chance, and he's going to shop around, get that 7.5, which is that key number, and play the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he's on the Rams, which would be the, the public side. But you understand, there's a lot of people that are going to back the 49ers because of the 3.5 number, which makes sense, and I get it. But I just got a feeling, man, we are in for... A public weekend. Last weekend was very tough. Now, the Chiefs, public, we get it. They win. Uh, People were very happy about that. But the Packers lose. The Titans lose. And the Rams beat the Bucs. I just feel like last weekend was a good weekend for the book. Because of the, the outcomes. Even in the wild card round. Well, the wild card round went to the favorites, really with the exception of the 49ers. Uh, but I think this is a, I think this weekend plays out like the wild card weekend does. And this is going to be a public weekend. And the public sides would be the Rams and the Chiefs. I think that's what we get. This I really feel and I could be completely off base. But remember I said this, if it happens. And if it doesn't play out this way, ignore that I said this. This way, I can look better. (laughs) The Chiefs, last time they played the Bengals, scored 28 points in the first half. They're going to score 35 in the first half. 
of this game. Much like they did the first time they played a couple of weeks ago, the Chiefs scored on all but but two of their possessions. The opening possession, they went three and out. Then they scored four touchdowns on their next four possessions. And then at the end of the half, they got the football, or not the end of the half, but at the big, at the, yeah, at the end of the first half, they got the football back with like 40 something seconds left. And um, they actually, <laughs> well, what happened was Byron Pringle actually returned the kickoff for a touchdown that was nullified because of holding. So this really could have been a 35-17 half. Instead, it wound up being a 28-17 half. But I think that what we're going to get is the Chiefs scoring on every offensive possession in the first half. And I think that they go into the locker room with 35 points. And in the second half, they'll score 10. And this game is going to be 45-24. Something like that. Because the Bengals will score, I think, the Bengals in the first half. Like, this is this, this is the legit score prediction that I'm giving out. 35-8 to eight at the end of the first half. Like, the Bengals will be down 28 nothing. They'll score a touchdown, and they'll go for two. Just why not? 28-8, to eight, right, will be the, the, the score. Chiefs will score again. we 35-8 to eight at the end of the first half. And then the Bengals will score two touchdowns in the second half, but they won't mean anything. And this is going to be a... Or maybe they score, yeah, two touchdowns and two two-point conversions, or... Maybe they even get three touchdowns, miss a two-point conversion here or there. So 45-26 final, 45-28. That, I think the Chiefs are winning, and it's not even going to be close. I think this is a no-sweat winner for the Kansas City Chiefs. I really believe that. And... I don't think anything's going to change my mind. You know, I've heard from a lot of respected people, and and I respect everyone's opinions. And a lot, everyone's a lot of people said Bengals this, Bengals that. I get it, I understand it. I'm not trying to disrespect Cincinnati, but the more I look at this Kansas City Chiefs team, the more I reflect on what they are capable of doing and what they have done so far this postseason. First team since the Buffalo Bills in the 1990, I believe it is, to score 40 points in back-to-back playoff games. 42 points in two straight playoff games. And they're going to have a third one. They're going to score 45 in this game. That's where I think this game ends up. I think the Chiefs score at will in the first half. Second half will be more evenly played, but the Chiefs will already have a big lead. This is a 45-24 final score. Chiefs win. Game easily goes over. Never a sweat. Move on to the NFC Championship game. And in the NFC Championship game, I think the I think the Rams finally get the job done. And they get over this 49er hump. 
and they exercised the demons of the past three seasons. You know, they've lost six straight to this 49er team. And yeah, there'll be 49er fans at SoFi Stadium. And a lot's going to be made of the decision that happened earlier in the week where they were like, oh, we're going to limit the purchase of tickets to people located in the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a lot of conversation about that when they show all the red that's in the stadium. But that conversation's going to be muted by the touchdowns that this Rams offense scores. And by the way that this Rams defense gets after Jimmy Garoppolo. And I keep coming back to the same thing with this 49er team. They are not good enough to be where they are right now. Yes. I'm saying it. This is a team that got lucky to be in the playoffs. The Rams blew a 17-0 lead. And Stafford threw an interception in overtime after the 49ers won the coin toss and got a field goal. If the Rams won that coin toss, maybe they score a touchdown and the 49ers aren't even in the playoffs. So, this is a team that shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Rams should have taken care of business that final week. And in the playoffs, in two games... They have scored two offensive touchdowns, 20 possessions, 20 possessions. They have scored two touchdowns. The first touchdown came on the very first possession of the playoffs. Wild card game in Dallas. They win the coin toss. They elect to receive. They march right down the field, score a touchdown. Later in that game, Dak Prescott throws an interception on his own 19-yard line. One play, Debo Samuel handoff, he runs it in for a touchdown. That's it. 18 other times this offense had the football combined against the Cowboys and against the Packers. And yeah, they got a couple of field goals. So they weren't all empty possessions. But 0 for 18 as far as touchdowns are concerned. You got to score some touchdowns to beat the Rams. The Rams are going to win this game. The Rams are going to cover this game. And then it'll be Rams Chiefs in the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium, home of the Los Angeles Rams, where they will be more red in the stadium because it'll be Kansas City Chiefs red and a lot of corporate sponsors, I'm sure. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I'm sure plenty of you out there disagree with me, but we are Chalky McChalkster when it comes to the conference championship games here on Sunday. We will join, we'll be joined by our very own Wes Reynolds coming up in a few minutes. We're going to break down these games even further. Some more prop talk plus NHL and NBA plays for the weekend right here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN. For you. For you. For you. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.